Welcome to The Grind, a podcast about the church planting process and missional strategies to make disciples of all nations. Coming to you from the offices of the Arkansas Baptist State Convention in Little Rock, Arkansas. Now, here are your hosts, Dave McClung and Chad Grigsby. Welcome back to a new episode of The Grind Podcast. So glad you joined us. Coming live from the green dungeon that is Nick Burt's office, our production manager here at the ABSC, and with me as always, Chad Grigsby. Yeah, good to be with you, Dave. Glad to see you again, Chad. So what's going on new in your life this week? Oh, man. I didn't expect that question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Nothing much, man. Nothing much. We saw the new Jason Bourne movie. We did, last night. Yeah. That was good. Very entertaining, very action-packed. Open the door for another Bourne movie. I think that's where a headache came from. Maybe. Uh, because it was very jerky movie. And loud. And loud. And so... Uh, old. But yeah, great action scenes. Love those kind of movies. So, yeah. So that's fun. We're uh, we're settled into our, our house, and uh, which is great. That's going well. Christy's been hanging pictures, and uh, so it's looking like home now. Yeah. And, oh, uh, we did figure out the due date of our child, uh, hey. October 21st. Looky there. So, yeah. Awesome. So that's exciting. Yeah. So Baby Hayes will be making an appearance. Baby Hayes. Shortly. All right. They're going to start tag teaming you now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's scary. Let the fun begin. Yep. I always heard that uh, you're not a real parent until you have at least three oh. where they can gang up on you and you can't go one-on-one anymore. We'll never be real parents. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I said I would never be real parents either, but uh, <laughs> I have four. So, uh, you know, yeah. never say never, Chad. Yeah. God has a sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> you look refreshed all the time because of that. That's so. right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Uh, well, we want to remind you guys to uh, look us up on uh, Facebook at ABSC Church Planting, uh, Twitter at AR Church Plants, Instagram, which is ABSC Church Planting Team, also our website, absc.org. Uh, we're also collecting stories, once again, at the, the grind at absc.org. So if you have some great church planting stories, we'd love to share your stories and let Arkansas know what God is doing in your church plants. So share those with us at thegrind at absc.org. And uh, and then don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes as well. And uh, let us know what you think. Uh, we're looking for some feedback always. We want to make it better. And uh, so let us know what you think. Be nice, but uh, let us know what you think or... Uh, Nick will shoot out your porch lights, as Roger Gaunt always says. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, we're excited to have our buddy Mark Cox on with us today. Uh, Mark has kind of a unique story in church planting in that uh, they moved to Columbus to plant Access Church and then have kind of hit pause on that for a season uh, to do a leadership residency with Covenant Church in Columbus, Ohio, uh, with the plans of relaunching around next Easter, uh, 2017. And so, Mark Cox, welcome to the Grind Podcast. Hey, glad to be here. Hey. Hey. (laughs) How are you? Well, we're off to a great start here. (laughs) (laughs) It it only gets worse. I, I just have to tell you, it only gets worse. So, hey, uh, man, tell us uh, about your Arkansas connections, how you ended up uh, here in Arkansas by way of Ohio previously to your Arkansas stint. Kind of talk about your ministry journey uh, and then what led you to Arkansas and then ultimately to uh, back to Columbus um, to plant Access Church. Sure. 
So uh, I started my ministry career off in Ohio, uh, right out of college. I was at a church called Genoa Baptist Church in Westerville, the north side of Columbus, and uh, got that job, um, essentially, because they were the only ones offering me a position. <laughs> so I took that and ran with it. But we loved it. Um, spent two years there, um, and at that uh, point, about a year and a half in, I felt like God was calling us to something a little different. I was actually a school teacher there as well. Um, wasn't up my alley necessarily. And so I put my uh, resume on uh, churchstaffing.com. And lo and behold, I got um, an email from a guy named Darren Neely. And he asked me if I was interested in moving to Arkansas. And my first answer was, heck no. <laughs> uh, I did not know where it was on the map. I know that's to my own discredit, that is. but I, I had no connections in Arkansas, not one. And so, um, but, you know, I, I engaged the email, um, and I, they flew us down, and, and it was just a, a really, really good connection. So I would end up accepting the position there and stayed there for seven years. Um, and so I would probably still be there if, if I hadn't had a call to plant a church, honestly. Yeah. Great church, uh, great student ministry, met some really, really great people who we miss dearly. Um, Dead gum, good tacos. I miss those, too. Um, <laughs> Where did you go? Because Arkansas tacos. is known for its tacos. Yeah, exactly. It's not. I mean, like, I get the Tex-Mex and barbecue, but oh. they, there's a little taqueria Azteca in Bryant, Arkansas. Hmm. Some of the best tacos I've ever wow. had. I'll have to check that out. I have not and eaten there. And it's cheap. Free shameless plug for what? Taqueria Azteca? Taqueria Azteca. And we are already off the rails. Taqueria Azteca. All right. So tacos back to church planning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started there in June 2007. And um, the church planning conversation for me began in 2008 with a good friend of mine named David Farwell. We just talked about it. Knew that one day maybe we'd be engaged in something together, um, church planning-wise. And um, what's funny is that it took us a while. It took us through some kind of wild journeys through our lives. But um, in uh, January of 2012, I was called to plant a church, and I and it was that passion. Lily Giglio was speaking. The event was getting ready to wrap up, and I felt so clearly through what Lou was saying, through everything else in my life. There was a lot going on in that season. I felt like he clearly said. I am equipping you. I'm calling you to go plant a church. I'm not going to tell you where to go as long as you make disciples and honor me. Um, but Columbus makes a lot of sense, yeah. which is kind of crazy because when we left uh, Columbus, we loved it. Um, but really didn't have any real strong ties to come back. Um, but when we started seeing kind of what was going on in Columbus, um, strong need for, you know, Bible-believing, Jesus-worshiping churches, not that there aren't in any other state, but we had a we had a conviction that that Columbus was a good fit for us. We're Midwestern people, um, so I came back from Passion, and then the very next day, <laughs> I told my pastor, which is probably not recommended, <laughs> um, but he was gracious and said, you know, we'd love to see you through that. And I was able to stay for almost three more years as we got ready to leave. Um, and, and so what's funny about my story about getting back to Columbus is 
Uh, Dave, I contacted you pretty early because I had a connection with Darren, and I know that you're part of City Church, and just had questions, and, and so we were able to talk. Um, and, and that's when I met Dean Folks. Dave, uh, you, you drove me to Memphis <laughs> that August, I think, in 2012 to meet a guy named Dean Folks, who's the Send City, uh, that's not Sin City, Send City <laughs> Coordinator here in Columbus. Um, he's a church planner too. He's got a multi-site church. Um, great dude. And he gave me some good advice to get involved in the residency, which I was not able actually to do because there was just so many people that applied and they only accepted 10. And, and I was devastated. I remember in that moment and I called Dean and I said, what do I do? And he said, well, you're just going to have to find training elsewhere. Similar thing happened to me. And then that week I had lunch with Dave McClung who introduced me to the forge network. And, uh, that was a really, really big moment in my life. So, um, started having a missional incarnational conversation with a bunch of guys that were, like-minded, and that changed my mind about about what kind of church I wanted to plant, really what kind of pastor I wanted to be, what kind of neighbor I wanted to be. Yeah. And so um, did that training and uh, ended up moving to Columbus in September of 2014 to get going. Awesome. And Dean Folks yeah. is also uh, Chad Grigsby's brother-in-law. Yeah, that's and, right. And will be on the podcast coming up in October, I believe. Yeah, I think October. It's, yeah. I was actually at yeah. that meeting at that Chili's with you uh-huh. and Dave that's and right. Dean. I yeah. was that's there, right. so that's right. Pretty cool connection. You were wearing a you were wearing a soccer jersey. Well, that's not surprising. <laughs> He's always wearing yeah. a soccer jersey. I remember. Yeah, yeah. I remember. How how have your Arkansas ties, Mark, been strategic in your plant in Ohio? Yeah. So okay. here's that's a funny funny question because our our um we have a couple of churches in Arkansas supporting us, but the one that is our what we would call ascending church, or in other words, um, they're the major, major backer, um, I really didn't have a relationship with. And so the way that happened it was crazy. I remember I was, um, because I was not only broke, I was in debt and I was kind of having that conversation. Like, am I really going to plant a church in debt? I had some people counseling me to trust God in it. I had some people counseling me to wait till I was out of debt, all this kind of stuff. And so I was just praying really hard. And I remember I was fasting actually in the season. Um, and, uh, I received a phone call from Dave McClung, who was, Ask, I keep saying your full name. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> as if as if I'm not talking to you. You're right. Uh, right. Sorry, so, Dave uh, talks in the third person sometimes. I do. <laughs> no, Dave McClung uh, likes what so, you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember specifically a lot of our conversations that you would joke about planning in Little Rock instead of Columbus and just kind of, you know, throwing that out. And um, I, at the end of the fast, I remember I was just begging God, how are you going to make this happen? How are you going to provide for us? We're fully trusting. We're on our knees. We want to do whatever you want us to do. And I got a phone call that morning from Dave who said, um, quote unquote, how much do you love me? It's the first thing that he said. And I said, oh, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, and he said, I just got off the phone with the missions pastor of Grand Avenue Baptist Church, Scott Ward in Fort Smith. And they want to be partnered up with a church planner, and they have not partnered up with one yet. And I was like, that's exciting. I assume you're calling me because you want to partner me up. He said, that's not the end of the story. 
they want to plant a church in Columbus, Ohio, huh. and they don't have a planner yet. And I was like, I had chills. I mean, I'm talking <laughs> like chills. And I was like, that's great because I want to plant a church in Columbus, Ohio, and I've got no partners yet, you know, and it was just this perfect connection. So I, I drove up to Fort Smith and, and met with them. They're great, great people. Pastor Brad Luter had just taken the position there as the lead pastor. Um, have a good relationship with all of them, their whole staff, and they would eventually uh, commit to being our lead uh, partner to help us plant access. And they have since, we launched since, uh, they've sent uh, three mission teams and uh, to help us, which have been nothing short of vital. And um, that's been great. They support us um, at, a, at a pretty sacrificial uh, level. And their whole church is behind it. We finally were able to spend some time with them at Grand Avenue on a Sunday. And the warmth and the welcome that we felt from them was just unmatched. And so um, talking about that, talking about, uh, you know, I was at Indian Springs Baptist Church for seven years. They support us financially. They're always calling to check in and see how we're doing. Even just the people, it's not even their job to call, but we have people praying for us all the time, significant prayer team. Um, I could tell you that that without those key people, we would feel out there like we're alone, yeah. and and we absolutely don't, you know. Um, so ties to Arkansas have been nothing short of vital, and I would say the same thing for our relationship with our churches here in Columbus, um, because while it's good to have some long distance family, having some people here in town have just been um, probably even the thing that saved us before we needed rescuing. Yeah. Speaking of just partnerships, you you mentioned a few of these things like prayer and relationship. What do you think, though, just specifically in your experience, has made the partnership so beneficial to you as a planter? Yeah. Um, The crazy thing for me is that I've never felt like they were looking over my shoulder and telling me how to execute our vision. They offer help. I have not had a phone call with Brad Luter, the senior pastor at Grand Avenue, where he didn't say, please, please, please let us know if you need anything. We're praying for you. We believe in you. We're behind you. I mean, that that alone, you know, minus the fact they have, they have uh, committed so many funds to help us do what we're doing. Any church planner listeners podcast knows what it takes to plan a church and uh, flat out the, the most, the most low scale church plant still needs funds, still needs to make things happen. Yeah. You know, still needs to rent, still needs to buy resource, buy, you know, supplies and things like that. Um, and so that's huge. So, so the partnerships, just knowing that they're behind us, knowing they're praying for us, um, we even had, I'm going to brag on this guy for a second. I, I stopped in to the, the board meeting just so I could, you know, greet the board at Grand Avenue. And I got two really kind emails the next day, one of which was uh, a member of the board. He owns a uh, music and uh, sound equipment company in Arkansas. And he said, when it's time for you to buy all your sound equipment, I want you to just give me a list of what you need and I'm going to buy it all. Oh, wow. And I, I was like... That's incredible. Does this guy know how much that costs? <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of money, you know? Yeah. I'm like, that's crazy. And sure enough, he said, you give me your wish list and we'll make it happen. And he not only made it happen, he sent one of his guys up 
it's actually the sound guy at, at Grand Avenue, a guy named Scott Bartholomew. Yeah. Set it up with full trailer full of stuff and uh, and taught us how to use it. And then he took me out to dinner and said, I was instructed to not let you pay. And just things like that, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just crazy, you know. Now, I know that's probably not every planter's story, but every planter needs to plant, like, with a family. Yeah. A yeah. group of people who's behind them, uh, because it is isolating to not only be a pastor, but a church planter, to sometimes feel like you're all alone, and you've got a staff of one, um, you know, some days it's just you uh, holding the vision. And to have family who's behind you, praying for you, encouraging you, um, it's it's everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a, I'll tell you, it's a great church. Like, those guys are great friends. Scott Bartholomew oh, yeah. is a talented dude. Let me tell you, oh, yeah. great guitar player, singer, uh, as well as a sound engineering uh, mind mm-hmm. as well. So great, great folks. Um, all right, so let's let's kind of get get folks up to date, and and really is kind of one of the reasons we're talking to you, as we've talked about on the grind before. Church playing is hard, and you talked about yeah. some of the isolation that can kind of come with that. Uh, I don't know of a church planter that I've interacted with yet that hasn't talked about feeling lonely, you know, from time to time, and yeah. and and they're not on an island, but there is a there's so much stuff that has to be done, and everything is new. And it, you can you can really get so focused on that 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 you get lost sometimes, and yep. uh, and you guys have have kind of you went to to plant Access Church, and and it didn't go exactly like you had hoped it would go on the front end. So you've kind of hit pause, uh, looking toward a relaunch. Kind of talk through um, you know, all of that. You know what just kind of your experience, the, the, the challenges that you faced, and then, sure. and really how Covenant Church in Columbus has come in uh, as a boots-on-the-ground partner and encourager to kind of get you guys back where you, where you want to where you want to go. Talk, talk sure. through some of that with us. Sure. Yeah, so we, um, to catch you up on the story of our church plant, like I said, we moved here in September 2014, started a Bible study in our house, in September, uh, February of 2015, five months after we moved, it's pretty successful. It's still a long haul, but by July, August, we had 30, 35 people meeting in our living room. You know, on a good on a good night, I think it was high as 35. And uh, so we started forming teams, and we planned a launch day of October 11th. Um, <clears throat> location was not a difficult place for us. We, we we emailed the school district, asked if they had any rentals available, and just so happened the school half mile away from us that our son would go to that we were serving on a PTO was available and for cheaper than we thought. So that was great. Everything was going our way. Started renting it. Um, launch day, we had like around 50 people total. And I was a little disappointed with that number. I don't know what necessarily traditional numbers are, but because um, I thought for sure we'd end up with 20 or 25 the next week, but we ended up with about 43 the next week. And so we fluctuated attendance-wise between, like, 40 and 20. Which 20 is just no fun yeah. when, like, mm-hmm. you you and your family are, are five are yeah. part of that 20, Yeah, you know? And... Uh, and so there's part of that. Um, we asked God to provide for us a worship leader. And, uh, you know, hindsight 2020, 
you know, planning without a worship leader is not smooth. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we, for those first three months, we didn't have a worship leader except for four different times. So that was tough. We had people show up and just, you could see them kind of like, something's not quite working here, right? Um, I had all the heart, you know, behind it. And I was like, God's going to provide and, and all this. And, and our team seemed good. And we had the best people. They're volunteering. They're coming early to set up, staying late to tear down and doing the meetings and things like that. Um, and it just got to a point where by April, um, actually the last half of March and April, things just started slowing way down uh, to stop seeing first time guests. Uh, people started um, getting kind of tired, you know. Yeah, it's hard for morale to stay up. And um, and listen, the truth is, the pastor needs to, um, you know, walk in and, and keep that positive presence. And I just I made plenty of mistakes. I'm sure there was plenty of Sundays where I walked in and I did not rub off a positive presence because it was just nobody showing up you know, just kind of delaying the service starting. Maybe some someone else is going to come. <laughs> and uh, I remember that. And so uh, I I ended up at the Exponential Conference in Orlando, which was nothing short of life-giving. It was great. Um, got to go with some friends. And, and the story was all about, the theme, I should say, was all about uh, being a multiplying church, a level five church, which I'm sure you can read more about that on their website. Um yeah. And uh, one of the people I went with was Pastor Travis Davenport, uh, lead pastor of Covenant Church here. And they're they're just six years old, but they're really killing it here. They're a sponsor church locally. And um, what God was doing to me while I was at Exponential is just really reviving me and, and kind of refreshing vision and all that kind of stuff moving forward. But what God was doing him in him was that they needed to be a multiplying church more than they had been in the past. And so it's kind of funny. I was in the airport, I remember, on Thursday, scratching down notes, waiting to board the plane, just excited to get home and get moving. And I get a text from him, and he says, hey, I've got some pretty massive ideas. Would you be game to talk about them next week? And I said, absolutely. I'd actually really like to hear now, because now I'm just anxious to hear. And he said, no, I want you to pray that, that what I have to say is from God and that, that that you'll do what you're supposed to do with it. And I said, all right. And so... Uh, Fasted and prayed that weekend, and I really felt ready. And um, I was kind of, kind of not sure what to expect. You know, whether he's going to tell me to take a step of faith and hire someone, or or stop meeting in Chapman and, and and maybe meet back in my living room again where it's free. Um, <laughs> and so just didn't know. And uh, sure enough, we talked Monday afternoon. And long story short, he said, uh, "I want you to consider pausing from access for six to nine months." do a leadership residency with us. The goal being for us to pour into you, give you a chance maybe to breathe. Um, and, and we want to send you out with at least 30 of our members wow. to relaunch with a, a fuller team. Um, we, we probably had a launch team of 30, 25 or 30. And uh, he said, you know, we, we want to take the people that are on your team now and add, it, add 30 to it, maybe 40, and end, end you up with a launch team of 50 to 75 people so that your volunteers aren't burning out, so that you're not burning out, so that there's a fuller team that get more outreach and bigger influence. 
and uh, and he said, and this was key what he said. He said, I, I know that maybe there's a lot of things going through your head right now. And I said, and he and he said, uh, you may be tempted to feel like a failure, but this isn't failure. Failure would be you quitting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we we want to relaunch. We want we want to hit pause, see what maybe needs to shift, and um, and start in a healthy way. He said because the truth is. Um, you could save faith, you know, and keep going and you might burn out and hate the ministry and just be a bad father and a bad husband, or we could catch it before you burn out and we could really preserve the health of this thing. Um, because I had said very clearly, I want to be in Columbus, Ohio for, I don't know, I'm 33, the next 40 years, whatever. I don't know how long Scott, how long God is going to give us, but, and I want to plant churches here. Yeah. I want to plant churches, you know, all around here and, and not multi-site. It's just not our vision. We want to send guys out with teams to do that. Uh, and and I said, you know what? It didn't take me long to realize that was the right call. So I yeah. uh, started talking to some of our partners, uh, started talking to wise counselors in our life, uh, you know, my wife for sure, and... Um, hundred percent across the board. Everyone was just glad to hear that we had people that were behind us and, uh, and that it sounded like a good move. And so we made that decision. May 15th was our last Sunday. And we had that meeting in our house because, uh, someone hit our trailer that was parked in front of my house a couple nights before. So I was like, well, I guess, I guess we're not renting, uh, anymore. So, um, she, she smacked our trailer hard, ended up totaling it. So all oh, that equipment no. is sitting in my garage right now. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so if anybody's got a trailer they're trying to get rid of. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, but May 15th was our last service. And then, um, you know, I could say, I could say um, more about what happened that summer. Um, I don't want to necessarily lead in too much unless you've got other questions, but um, I say that summer, it was this summer. And, and um, if that Monday after our last service felt, felt like just a relief and a break, just did nothing but hang out with my family that week and just took a breather. And, and that felt great. And then within about seven days, um, started to really feel this unexpected depression that set in. Yeah. And uh, I say unexpected because I'm a pretty happy-go-lucky guy, optimistic, you know, love thinking about what the future holds, but started to feel like, uh, honestly, I felt like I was worthless, that I had nothing to offer, that um, that stuff hit me like a ton of bricks, and I didn't know where it came from. Um come to find out i spent about the next month or month and a half just battling uh what i would call a depression um you know i know people have been in depression for years it's nothing as big as that i'm not trying to say i know what those people feel like but i definitely felt for about a month month and a half like i wasn't sure if i wanted to plant a church again and uh and so that was kind of crazy and i realized um early July, I felt like what God really said in me was that um, I had placed a lot of my identity 
and being a successful minister, whether that was youth ministry or church planning. And my youth ministry career is pretty fun. Um, it, it was successful, I think. Um, had a lot of cool things happen, a lot of God moments, a lot of kids making decisions for Christ. And then um, when this didn't go like I'd hoped, um, I think I kind of came crashing down with it. Yeah. You know, you know that that's that's a great point. Um, the everybody kind of has a picture in their mind of what success is, and we all have a metric by which we you know, measure that. And if you've been using one metric, you know, for a pretty good while, and it's worked, and and things you know, seem to be going well, and all of a sudden you're in a place where uh, some of those measurements aren't being met. That's a that's a blow. Uh, that's a blow to the ego. It's a blow to the, you know, really a shot to to think through. Okay, did God really call me to this? Mm-hmm. And and you've had some significant kind of affirmation and confirmation along the way. To uh, I believe yeah. anybody would look at and say, absolutely, God called you to this. Yeah. I mean, there's no question about that. But the reality is, is church planning can be hard and. Uh, uh, part of dealing with that is, you know, remembering that calling, but also having a uh, a healthy metric, you know, by which to measure success. And, yeah, uh, right. And Mark, talk talk a little bit about what advice you would give to to another struggling church planter out there. It's it's likely that if there's a church planter <laughs> listening, that there's a struggling church planter <laughs> right, listening. Right. Just just what kind of what what do you feel like brought you out of that place of feeling of worthlessness? you know, and getting back to maybe a, a right view of kind of what success is and what advice would you give? Sure. Sure. Um, uh, I had some really good friends who had my back. That was pretty, that was number one. I had some people checking in on me. Um, Travis was, was one of those, um, you know, friends across the country, just checking in to make sure I was, you know, I was doing all right. There was, I mean, there are some days I'd FaceTime guys and they'd look at me and they'd be like, man, you look rough. <laughs> and I was like, I know. I that's, know. that's pretty and, normal, uh, Mark. That's pretty normal. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like, what's the surprise there? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so what's crazy is that, I don't know, I, I know that the thing, the thing that helped me was people having my back, my wife being my biggest cheerleader. Yeah. Um, the time off was not as helpful as I thought it was going to be. Hmm. Cause I just kind of was sitting yeah. and I uh, love family time and all that. But, um, whether you call it, you know, I, I'm, I'm used to doing ministry and I'm like, not right now. And, you know, I, and I was advised to, to really step all the way back, you know, no pastoral meetings, no strategy, no books necessarily just spend time with the Lord and spend time with your family and just kind of rest. And I, I appreciated that. Um, I know that um, for me personally, I began a fast, and um, and I was challenged by Pastor Travis to start a fast, and that started on July 5th, and, and it was like a couple of days before I really heard God say, I remember I was out praying, I like to pray at night, walk around my neighborhood, and, and I felt like God said, you know, this is where the identity stuff really came in, and and, uh, you know, even stuff like having a hobby, um, just flat out don't have a hobby. You know, when I get asked what my hobbies are, I say, I read books. You know, well, okay, <laughs> what kind of book? Well, about church, you know, and church planning. That's not a hobby. That's work. Yeah. Uh, you know, okay, well, what do you do to get away and refresh yourself? I go to conferences. 
gospel. What kind of conference? It's like church, you know? And so uh, <laughs> just uh, like I was all in, and, and I love being all in. I love being, you know, because uh, I love ministry. I love doing what I do, but the truth is that I didn't have some healthy rhythms in my own life. Um, you know, truth be told, I'm out of shape. Um, and so I felt like God said, you know, I think, I think the last, you know, not the last half, um, but the last section of your life starting now needs to be healthy. You need to have better boundaries, better rhythms, um, engage health all the way. I mean, I'm the guy that was kind of like, one day I'm going to have a heart attack and then I'm going to get serious about my physical health. (laughs) And, um... I kind of wish I would have had a heart attack and not had this happen, you know, like I felt like the heart attack might've been easier, (laughs) Um, you know, but the truth is that I just had a a mind change when I've really heard God say, um, you know, I felt like God said, I could tell you all about church. I could tell you all about your community and how to be more like Jesus. But, but man, you need, you need to, you need to just have a healthier all around life. And so I just, I'm, I just think that God does really miraculous things when you fast, when you get serious about that, when you really dive in head first on prayer and, uh, you know, those spiritual disciplines. Um, and so whether it's getting away and just spending some time in the Word or, uh, you know, whatever, and, and having those friends that you can bounce ideas off of um, and doing life in community, um, those are some of the most helpful things that any struggling... I mean, if there's a struggling church planner out there and you're on an island, Man, I would say get with some other church planners. Get with—I mean, if, even if it's uh, you know, someone you don't know, striking up a conversation. I don't know. I mean, I couldn't do this alone. Yeah. Flat out. I mean, I don't know anyone can do it alone. Yeah. Um. So, but that wholehearted devotion and just um, letting God do some work on you, some chiseling. And so, I've had a I've had a commitment. So you know, y'all check in on me. I'm I've I've committed. Um. You know, want to be a healthy dad. You know, much more than a healthy pastor. When my kids are in high school, I want to be able to go out and play football with them and go hiking and, and do all the stuff they do. And right now, you know, just not there. So I've got I've got some some changes to make in my own life. But that's you know my advice. That's what that was my own personal journey. Is is just really really seeking. You know. So I guess I just gave you the typical read your Bible and pray and apologize for that, you know? Well, I, I really appreciate you talking about good health after we ate Gus's fried chicken for lunch today. So oh. thanks. Appreciate that. And uh, I hate you. You're the worst. You're the worst. <laughs> Mark, I th- hate you. Yeah. yeah. Man, th- thanks so much for opening up and just being willing yeah. to do I know it's not easy to just be vulnerable and put yourself out there, but... I know a lot of guys have experienced or are experiencing similar things that you're going through. And just to affirm you guys that, hey, stay in there in the struggle. Keep doing what you're doing. It's obvious God's called you to do this. Uh, We see that. We just wanted to encourage you and and, and let other people hear your story who may be going through something similar. So appreciate you being willing to to share. Yeah, that's right. I appreciate that wholeheartedly. All right, buddy. We got a, a last segment with you here we do with everybody called Rapid Fire. And yes. uh, now, listen. Don't we're we're calling this pulling an Andy Swart uh, from now on. <laughs> don't swart it up. Now. Yeah, don't don't pull an Andy Swart here and and make this a slow walk. So uh, right. we love you, Andy Swart. You're our buddy, and we got to give you a hard time about this because. And so uh, anyway, so we got some questions. We're going to fire at you, and just one, two word answers, quick sentence answers. 
uh, as we go rapid fire. You ready? Got it. Okay. Top one or two books that have had the most impact on you. Um, Next Generation Leader by Andy Stanley was one of the first ones. Okay. And uh, I like, I think this is a sleeper, but Will Mancini's Church Unique. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Great stuff. Biggest strength in church planting. Um, So I'm a typical teacher shepherd. So um, there's that, vision casting. Yeah. Biggest weakness to overcome, challenge to overcome. Everything else. Uh, <laughs> any, anything dealing with um, – I'm a big-picture guy, so the details kind of get me, yeah. you know, muddied up. Yeah. Uh, finances, I'm not a big fan of finances or financial planning. I'm just not good at it. Fa- favorite hobby or pastime? <laughs> you just said um, you, didn't have, said you didn't have one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a Buckeye fan, so That'll Buckeye work. football. Oh. And uh, I'm a Red Sox fan, so – Man, oh for two. Yeah. Ugh. I think Nick Burt's a Yankees fan over here. He's mourning that. He may have just thrown up in his mouth a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, his life sucks because they suck this season. Oh gosh. <laughs> can, I, can I say suck on this podcast? Hey, let's, I'm sorry. let's not say suck on this podcast. His life sucks. That's hilarious. No, it'll probably be fine. Uh, it's totally a Boston Red Sox fan <laughs> right, right there. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Do you have a do you have a favorite movie? Uh, Inception. Inception. Ooh, nice. Inception and Dark Knight are some of my favorites. Okay. Favorite band musician? Oh, gosh. Um, right now it's Alabama Shakes. Oh, hey, that's a good one. I like Alabama yeah. Shakes. Even yeah. as a metalhead, I like Alabama Shakes. Good soulful. They're good. That girl can sing, man. She can, man. Yeah. Yeah, she can sing. All right, buddy. Well, that's awesome. That good rapid fire there. Good, good short answers. And uh, Andy Swart, that's how I it's tried. done. Uh. <laughs> Andy's gonna absolutely hate us uh. after this. I like, I like his answers. I want more. Yeah, he he's so smart. And uh, and and of course, talking to him about books is is crazy because he reads like crazy. So uh, anyway, Mark, man, thanks a bunch, buddy. And uh, so glad you got to come on. And uh, I think it's going to be a big encouragement to a lot of guys to hang in there. And I heard somebody say on Monday that when you walk through dark times, it's not punishment, it's preparation Absolutely. Uh, for what guys, yeah. Yeah. guys got to come. And so I think that's what's happening with Good. you. And so, man, we're going to be, we'll do an update here uh, next year after you get relaunched and get going again and uh, sure. talk about all the fun stuff uh, and all that good stuff. All right, buddy. All right. Take care, Mark. Thanks, guys. Great conversation with Mark Cox. Love that guy. And uh, I'm convinced that guy's going to do some great things with him in, in Columbus. And, uh, you know, we tried to get him to plant here in Arkansas, but, you know, God had other plans. So we'll yeah. yield to the Lord's will on that. And, yeah. I let him go begrudgingly, and uh, but really, I, I think you know a lot of the stuff he said. There, there are a lot of church planters are going to resonate with all of that. Absolutely. Uh, you know, when do you move from from a house to uh, a larger gathering space? Mm-hmm. You know, what what needs to be in place before you do that? How many do you need to have? You know, what what kind of things do your leaders need to be doing and thinking and demonstrating character wise, leadership wise? To, to make you feel like you've got enough leaders to make a jump like that. And um, I think that's something that a lot of our church planners will resonate with, the tension and struggle of, of justifying the, the money that's being poured into you and the investment that people are making 
and still giving enough time and having enough patience to have enough long enough runway mm-hmm. when you do launch out like that in a, in a public way that it that you can sustain it yeah. leadership wise uh, people wise ministry wise all that good stuff and so that's uh, good insight yeah yeah uh, one of the things he said that I really appreciated is the the relationship he has with Grand Avenue yeah. and uh, Indian Springs and and that he said something that that's profound in that the thing that means the most to him beyond the resources is the relationship. Right. And, and that's, every church can do that. Yeah. You know, it doesn't cost you anything to have a relationship with a church planter. And so one of the things we're trying to emphasize a lot in our, in our church planting uh, partnerships is just have a relationship with the guy, bring him to your worship service, put your arm around him on the platform and pray for him. Yeah. Let him tell his story, have him come in every six months and just give you an update. I mean, that is that costs the church nothing. No adjustment to the budget, nothing. So, really appreciate Mark's uh, insight on that yeah. and how we need more churches like that in yeah. Arkansas for planters. And, and you can, there's no way to underestimate or or overestimate the the power of prayer and relationship. Exactly. Uh, you know, it sounds like a cliche, you know, to talk about you know the power of prayer in church planting. But, you know, even just like the, the story of uh, their trailer being hit and totaled, yeah. stuff like that happens all the time. Yeah. And when you're a brand new church and everything is new and you're, you're trying to build something, things like that can be devastating. Yeah, All of that stuff is kind of part of spiritual warfare that yeah. goes on. And when churches are praying, you know they're praying, you know they have your back, you know that it's not just... Uh, partner in name only, but they're they're investing time wise, checking in on you. That means means the world. Yeah, it means uh, the a church lot. planners. Yeah. Um, and another thing they said that I thought was good is how much he's wrestled with some heart issues in in how ministry kind of became his identity. Right. I think for especially church planters, I think any ministry it's a, it's a temptation, but for church planters especially cuz you were you were tied so closely to the plant like yeah. usually church plants start with the planter alone right i mean right. that's where the idea is birthed germinates yeah. yeah from god's calling is with the planter so i mean from day 1 it's you <laughs> and yeah. then it's your family so it's so personal you yeah. know um and but but i'm telling you you got to wrestle with where your heart is is your heart really in ministry, are you getting affirmation from people uh, in your self worth from people's affirmation about your preaching or your leadership or your, or are you letting the discouragement shape you in your yeah. identity that you're worthless and that you're yeah. not, you know, if you're not producing? So, so either way, there's kind of two extremes: either letting it go to your your head, your success go to your head, or your failure go to your heart. You know, you right. got you to make sure your identity is in Jesus. Absolutely, absolutely, and and both of those are very real dangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to to all our church planners, and we see it all we see it all the time uh, with guys that have great success, and their identity gets wrapped up in that. And before long, the character begins to wane, and struggles begin to come in, and they crash. And same thing with the discouragements. Mm-hmm. Uh, depression sits in, and before long, they're out of ministry, and I'll never do that again. Sure. And uh, and it's just we don't want to see that happen to, to anybody. So. Well, I had that feeling in my gut that he talked about how I'll never do this again. When when I closed the church in Ar- Arlington, yeah. I, uh, in that process of closing, I thought, there's no way I'll ever do something like this right. again. And then I turned around and did it like two months later. So right, right. God has a way of 
you know, taking things that have been difficult and, and, and using that to shape us for, for better and maybe even greater things. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, great time with Mark. All right. We're going to kick it to uncle Neil for story time. It's story time with Uncle Neil. This story comes from Three Trees Cowboy Church and Rusty Nails Cowboy Church. Rick and Cherry Martin have a powerful testimony that demonstrates the way the Lord is working through Cowboy Churches of Arkansas. Rick is the welding instructor at Crowley's Ridge Technical Institute in Forest City, and Sherry owns and operates an upholstery shop from their home. Both Rick and Sherry grew up with little influence of the church and God on their lives. Sherry had a grandmother that took her to church when she was young, but gradually grew away from that influence in her life. She spent most of her life with a distant relationship with God. Rick grew up completely unchurched. Sherry and Rick settled in Wynn in 2004 after years of moving around for construction jobs. In 2010, Rick and Sherry heard about a new church starting in Wynn. Out of curiosity to go check it out, they attended the very first service at Three Trees Cowboy Church. Brother Tracy Wilson preached the word and Sherry gave her life to Christ that day. Rick was slightly more stubborn, but eventually was saved about a month later. Both Rick and Sherry began to soak up the word of God that was being preached. They began to develop a heart for God and for the things God loves. For almost four years, God was preparing them for the next step of their journey. In 2015, the Lord led Hillman Davis and his wife, Dr. Brandy Davis, to start a cowboy church in Forest City, Arkansas, 35 miles south of Three Trees Cowboy Church in Wynn, which had grown to over 400 in average attendance and baptized over 250. That church would be Rusty Nails Cowboy Church. When Rick heard the news, he immediately felt the Lord calling him to go help start that church. Sherry was the resistant one this time, not wanting to leave the precious family they had enjoyed at Three Trees. However, in just a few weeks, they both were on board. Rick is a core group leader and Sherry is the church treasurer. God continues to use both Rick and Sherry in this new venture. Rick and Sherry have been with Rusty Nails Cowboy Church for over a year now. They've seen that church grow from the small group that helped start the church to having attendances over 100 on a regular basis and have witnessed 35 more baptisms at Rusty Nails. In addition to their responsibilities as core group leader and treasurer, Rick currently leads a class teaching basic Christian beliefs and is starting a ministry to prisons in the area. We want to hear your stories as well. Email us at thegrind at absc.org. Always love story time with Uncle Neil, and uh, we really want you guys to hear some of these great Arkansas stories. And and uh, Hillman Davis is doing an incredible job in um, Forest City with uh, Rusty Nails Cowboy Church there. This is just one example of, of many we're seeing all the way throughout our cowboy churches, some of our fastest-growing churches in Arkansas. Guys doing amazing work there, so there's one example of, of that called reading. Top to bottom, left to right. Group words together as a sentence. What is this? You're still sore I never read Moby Dick. I'm very important. You never read anything I asked you to. Uh, I have many leather-bound books. Let's look at Chad and Dave's bookshelf. All right, Chad, what do you got on tap for a bookshelf this week? I've got Dangerous Calling by Paul David Tripp. Uh, really good timing, I think, uh, based on what Mark commented about um, how our identity can be based in our ministry sometimes. Uh, Tripp talks about that the biggest issue in pastoral ministry or the biggest threat to our ministry 
we often think being external or outside of us or problems in our church. And he says the greatest threat to our ministry is ourselves. It's yeah. internal. It's, our, it's the pastor's heart. Um, really good book on uh, how to deal with the toxicity of the pastoral ministry, which is something <laughs> I talk quite a bit about. Yeah. Um, whether it's on the pastor's side or the church's side, sometimes pastoral ministry is toxic. He says that often when, we, when we're calling pastors to churches, it's because we're looking at their skills and their abilities, but rarely do we consider their character, yeah. which should be the most important thing. Really great book on uh, how do we find our identity in Jesus, not our ministry. So that's awesome. what, that's what awesome. I got today. Yeah. Well, my, my book of choice this week, uh, we've got uh, Bivo, uh, Modern Day Guide for Bivocational Saints by Hugh Halter. Uh, great, great little book, a little over 100 pages, quick read, just talking about uh, bivocational ministry in general and, and the rhythms that you need to have to do bivocational ministry well. Uh, you're always juggling ministry, job, family, uh, and then personal time in there as well. And, and uh, Hugh is a, a physical fitness guy as well, so not just personal, spiritual, and, and downtime, but also health issues as well, and, and get some great insight uh, in how to balance all that. Hugh has been a house painter all of his ministry, a high-end house painter. He's very good at that, but mm-hmm. but uh, that has been his job as three kids and balanced all of that while planting several churches, uh, uh, one in Portland, one in Denver, and now recently moved to to uh, suburbs of St. Louis to plant another church. And so just a just a great resource to think through. And, and one of the things that he says that I, I love, and, and he's absolutely right, particularly in Bivo churches, you can't pastor a Bivo church and be the only leader. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to work. You don't have enough time. You don't have enough margin. N- nothing will be done, and it won't be done well if you're the only guy. So there's a necessity for raising up other leaders to come alongside you to share ministry with. And I think it's one of the challenges and struggles you know a lot of our Bivo guys have, planters and established pastors. And, and it's a struggle for some of our churches who have unrealistic expectations of their bivocational pastors uh, and, and planters. They can't do it all. Uh, they weren't wired to do it all. And uh, so he gives some great insight on how to create some environments where other people get to, to play and help you uh, lead as a bivocational pastor. So great, great resource. All right, guys, that's it for another episode of the Grind Podcast. Uh, a couple of things coming up. We've got some uh, interviews coming up we're really excited about. We're going to try and catch up with Chance and Newborn at Fellowship Community Church in Forest City. Uh, some amazing things happening there in Forest City. Can't wait to uh, get to talk to him and let you guys hear what's happening with Chanson. Uh, we've also got Todd Ingstrom from Austin Stone Community Church in Austin coming up, and Dean Fulks of LifePoint Church in Columbus, Ohio, uh, also the Send City coordinator for Columbus coming up. So looking forward to those interviews as well. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Uh, we also have the podcast posted on Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud. You can find those links on our Facebook page and our website as well. And also remember to send in your church planting stories to thegrind at absc.org. As we mentioned last time, last couple of times, we're uh, going to start doing a mailbag segment or a question and answer segment. And if it goes well, we get a, a good number of questions and we may end up doing a, a Q&A podcast with uh, Chad and I, maybe a special guest uh, as well. And so, uh, so thanks for listening. Thanks for joining with us. Uh, have a great week and I pray God blesses your ministry as well. Keep grinding.